You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. Welcome, Zen. Thank you, Carol. So happy to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you on. And I'd like to introduce Zen a little bit, although pretty much everybody knows her. Zen Honeycutt is the founding director of the nonprofit Moms Across America, a, nat- a national coalition of unstoppable moms with the motto, Empowered Moms, Healthy Kids. Moms Across America's leaders created over a thousand community events in all 50 states to raise awareness about GMOs, toxins in our food supply, and other environmental issues that really pose a health risk to our families. The organization's mission is to educate and empower mothers and others with actions and solutions to create healthy families. Zen Honeycutt and Moms Across America initiated the first glyphosate testing in America and successfully petitioned Costco to remove Roundup from its shelf. That was huge. She is also the author of Unstoppable. So Zen, welcome again. And I'm so excited to talk to you today. And I I can't wait to hear about these results regarding the 20 top 10 fast or 20 top fast food restaurants. So let's just dig in. What'd you find out? Thank you, Carol. I appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience. Thank you to your audience for sharing Food Integrity Now. I'm honored to be one of the hundreds of people that Carol has interviewed about the food supply. The food supply is the most important factor of our health, Carol, and 85 million people a day eat fast food and they're looking for it, you know, an easy, you know, affordable solution. As I completely understand, we all need something easy and affordable. And uh, of course, we we want it to be tasty and fast food fulfills on that. However, we believe many people are going to fast food, believing that it's healthier than it actually is, especially with new alternatives like impossible foods being added on to their menus. And so we wanted to test these foods, not just because 85 million people eat them a day, um, and because we believe we have a health, a mental health and a physical health crisis in America and fast food could be contributing to this, but also because fast food suppliers are the suppliers for school lunches. Carol, we learned this when we tested school lunches last year. We were completely dismayed. I really never knew that that could be a possibility. Um, but we found out from a school lunch director that when they go to the conference to choose the foods for that year of what they're going to be serving the children, they they are fast food vendors, you know, it, and we learned directly from the USDA and from the School Nutrition Association, the National School Nutrition Association, that only 15% of the school is supplied by the USDA. The rest is all privately supplied, much of it from Cargill, Cargill and Cisco and um, you know, Aramark, Aramark distributes it, but it, a lot of it comes from fast food places like Domino's and Taco Bell and, and Pizza Hut and different places like that. So we are, you know, concerned about that and um, making sure to do the testing for that. So what we found, I will just, um, I'll screen share a little bit here. Well, actually, yes, I'll screen share. Uh, first, I just want to show you where the um, National School Lunch Testing is on our website from last year. Okay, it's a, this is our article on our website. And then I will share, um, if you don't mind, the the presentation that we just gave to the Congress, U.S. Congre- Congressional Briefing. We went to Washington, D.C. 
And oh, yeah, I want to talk about that too, Zen. Yes. Okay. Okay, great. So this is the presentation I gave um, to the congressional briefing, along with uh, Kelly Ryerson, Glyphosate Facts, Glyphosate Girl that organized it, along with Cory Booker's office. Dr. Michelle Perro gave the state of our children's health, uh, which was very alarming. Um, I presented these results. Uh, John Fagan from Health Research Institute Lab, who coordinated all the testing, gave the history and background on the methodology of the testing and the impact of the findings. And then also Mark Dudla, a sixth generation farmer, newly converted regenerative organic farmer, he was a former chemical farmer, presented a very moving presentation about um, how they are transitioning and the solutions that regenerative organic farming can bring. Wow, so, what a powerhouse panel. That's amazing. Yes. God, you couldn't <laughs> have had fantastic. a better panel. <laughs> Thank you. So, well, you've interviewed all of them, you know. So yeah, I have, I have. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So it was, it was very, really an honor. And uh, we did pick up some new Senator, you know, Senator's aides interest in collaborating with us. So that was, I believe, a success. And, um, and this is what, what, what we presented. So, or what I presented. So the findings in 43 public school lunches last year, which we're just going to recap real quick because uh, this is what we presented at at the congressional briefing. We tested for glyphosate and AMPA. AMPA is the breakdown of glyphosate and it's more toxic. We tested for 220 pesticides, 104 veterinary drugs and hormones, the top four heavy metals and mineral content. And it should be noted that 30 million GMO meals are served to our children each day. Um, <clears throat> many of the ingredients such as the soy and corn and canola oil um, are GMO and the animals that are, you know, the meat from the animals that are in these school lunches are also fed GMO grains spread with, spread with glyphosate. So is, that- is there any wonder why our kids are getting so sick when you hear that? I mean, it's it's an epidemic with allergies and autism and, you know, childhood cancer. Anyway, go on. That's just. Yeah. I mean, and, and as a, a health coach, when you look at this plate, I mean, do you are you happy about this, Carol? Oh, my God, I'm devastated. Yeah. And also knowing from the school lunch testing that we now know that the the, the most of the pesticides are on that orange. It's wow. the fruit and the vegetables. I mean, we'll talk about that. But yeah, and also many of the the ingredients from these foods are derived from crops sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent, like the breading on this these chicken nuggets, the wheat that's in those cookies. Um, you know, it they're sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent. <clears throat> so these are the and, results. And can I just stop you there for a second? Because I think many people are not aware of the fact that glyphosate is a desiccant. Can you just explain that real quickly? What that means? Yeah. Yes, thank you for asking. So some people, you know, most people now know that GMOs, genetically modified organisms, are genetically engineered to withstand glyphosate herbicides or Roundup or, you know, many different toxins. So the crop can be sprayed with glyphosate and the weeds die, but the crop will not, right? So that's genetically modified to resist. That's that's how um, 80% of GMOs are now engineered to withstand glyphosate. So glyphosate sprayed directly on these corn and soy and sugar beet and canola crops. However, that's not the only reason why glyphosate sprayed. Glyphosate is also sprayed, glyphosate herbicides, as a drying agent just before harvest on crops that are not GMO, such as wheat 
and peas and beans and um, oats and barley and hops that are used in beer and lentils, mung beans, you know, all kinds of grains uh, are, they are sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent uh, just two weeks or a few days before harvest. And that dries the entire crop out. And it does that because glyphosate functions as a chelator. It is, it is a, um, it is, it grabs onto and makes unavailable the vital nutrients of any living thing it touches. The minerals basically, right? Minerals, vitamins, nutrients, all of them. And so it basically kills the plant. That's why it dries it out. It's killing the plant. So we are eating dead food without nutrients simply because the farmers want to fight the weather, you know, and get it dried out all at once rather than having to, you know, manage the timing of the crop drying out and, you know, doing other methods to dry it out. So it's faster and cheaper and easier for the farmer to spray glyphosate on it and dry out the crop, which is also killing it and making it completely devoid almost completely devoid of nutrients and, so and additionally, having the residues on that crop and that the residues, the glyphosate residues do not wash, dry or cook off Carol. Wow. So folks, I just want to recap one crop in particular because many of us eat wheat, right? Mm-hmm. If you are not eating organic wheat products, there's a pretty good chance you're getting a daily dose of glyphosate in your yes. sandwiches and whatever you're eating that that very happens. high percentage and very high yeah according to the detox project and canadian food inspection agency that tested canadian food inspection agency tested 7800 samples and what they found was that 60% and the detox project confirmed this as well um 60% of the grocery store samples were positive for glyphosate so very high percentage of, of, and this is non-organic, right? There was some contamination of organic, but very low levels um, and not in all the samples, but in conventional, it was very consistent. And in some of them, like the book Poison Foods of North America by Tony Mitra, some of the, some of the categories like the chickpeas and the oats and the wheat in some categories from some countries like Canada and the United States, they were hundred percent positive for glyphosate. Wow! Uh, but the grocery store samples in general were 60% positive for glyphosate. However, the, the fat, the public school samples that we tested were 95% wow. positive for glyphosate. And again, this is a carcinogenic chemical endocrine disrupting liver disease causing it's been proven to do these things. It's also neurotoxic you know, children are trying to learn. They don't need to be consuming a neurotoxin and it causes nervous system damage, which is not talked about very much. So uh, it's, it is extremely concerning at any level. Endocrine disrupting meanings means that at very low levels, it can disrupt the hormones, which can disrupt the entire bodily function, all of our bodily functions. You know, our hormones are where for instance, serotonin and melatonin, you need that those them to sleep. You need them to feel satiated, to not get addicted to things, to not develop things such as, you know, depression and suicidal thoughts and homicidal thoughts and um, bipolar. And, you know, our hormones are incredibly important for many different bodily functions, not just our reproductive organs. So um, this is uh, extremely concerning that 95.3% of the school lunch items tested. This was from 18 different locations across the country, 43 samples, which is a scientifically significant number, cannot be ignored by the USDA. And uh, 95.3% of them were positive for this chemical herbicide. 74% of the samples contained at least one of um, 
29 different harmful pesticides in school lunches. And no synergistic tests are being done, Carol, on the the repercussions of having, say, six or nine different pesticides in one meal. And we all know from elementary school, putting baking soda and vinegar into a volcano equals a a change, right? There's a chemical reaction and the, you know, foam comes out looking like like volcanic lava. Um, So we want to know what's happening when these nine different pesticides are in this food and our children eating, what's happening in our bodies? You know, that's, that's a problem. We, we don't know. High levels of four veterinary drugs and hormones were found in nine school lunches up to 130 parts per billion and hundred percent of the school lunch samples contained heavy metals at levels up to 6,293 times higher than the EPA's maximum levels allowed in drinking water. And it's just unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. In fact, Dr. Michelle Perro pointed out from the to- the Tosca Act that was passed, it's about toxins, that actually school lunches should be banned, considering the levels of, ha- of heavy metals in them, that these levels are too high and they should not be acceptable and allowed to be consumed by the American public, especially our children that are in develop, you know, development, developing uh, stages and, uh, and, and could be harmed for the rest of their lives by these heavy metals. They, these can cause lifelong neurological damage. Yeah. And Michelle Perrow knows she's a pediatrician and she wrote the book, what's making our children sick. So I highly recommend that book as well. Good point. Thank you very much for mentioning that. Yes. Um, and the majority of the samples were abysmally low in nutrients, uh, which are essential for the prefrontal cortex of the brain for proper decision making. Uh, you know, everybody now knows a child with autism or one out of six children have a learning and behavioral disorder. Now, our children are being compromised at an, in epidemic portions and the lack of nutrients in the school lunches is a major contributing factor. It's clear. So that was school lunches. Any questions about the school lunches that we had? This was I'm last. just I'm just flabbergasted, and I agree that we need to ban school lunches. <laughs> well, yeah, or they need to revamp them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we you know I'm just going to tell parents right now if you're sending your kids to school and they're eating their lunches until that happens make their lunches at home and make them organic. Yes. yes, that's what I do. That's what my children do. And in fact, this is, that's one of the reasons why I started Moms Across America uh, uh, almost 12 years ago was one of the reasons is because my son was going to school, my middle one who didn't have as many allergies at the time, he wanted to have school lunches as a treat on Fridays. Oh, and we began to notice that when he came home on Fridays, he was out of control. His behavior was erratic and aggressive and he was having fights with his younger brother and he would lose his cartoon privileges on Saturday morning because that was the repercussion, right? You you fit high, f- hit or fight with your brother, you're going to lose your Saturday morning cartoon privileges. So that happened a couple weeks in a row. And eventually I pointed it out to him asking, you know, do you think maybe it might be the school lunches? And, he's, and he said, no, a couple of weeks kept going a couple of weeks. And then, uh, and then eventually he's like, yeah, I'm not going to have the school lunches anymore. He was in like fourth grade. And wow. so he decided on his own and his behavior improved. 
Yeah. So and it's probably worse since then too, because your son is oh the school lunches yeah yeah he's eighteen now so this yeah. was you know fourteen years ago so it's it's, yeah. it's worse now, but um yeah so then we moved on to test the top twenty plus one fast food brands we tested In and Out, um, and 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 as well because uh, many of our board members are are from California and In and Out has been proclaimed to be the safe version of fast food so we added on. In and out, and we tested the top twenty plus one uh, brands for glyphosate and AMPA, two hundred and thirty six pesticides, PFOS, phthalates, heavy metals, and mineral content. We also added on the top ten fast food brands, which we tested for one hundred and four veterinary drugs and hormones, vitamin Bs, and calories. And again, it should be noted: eighty five million Americans eat fast food every day, and the results that we found were that 40 to 60% of the top 10 fast food brands contain antibiotics that are not approved for human use. They've been shown to cause severe harm in humans when consumed by humans. And these are ionopores, this type of, these types of um, antibiotics are called monosin and nerosin. And these ionopores have been, they're used for um, mostly for fattening of dairy uh, cattle and beef cattle. Um, They can be used uh, for certain diseases that are found in chickens, they're they're used to fatten them. The problem is, is they are highly toxic to dogs and horses at very low levels. So there have been problems in um, companies where they make multiple types of feed for different animals. You know, for instance, Purina makes multiple brands of feed for dogs and horses and chickens and, you know, all that. So I don't know if this has happened at Purina, but I'm just giving you an example. There are, you know, animal feed brands that do multiple animals. So there can be problems with cross-contamination and they found that for dogs and horses, very low levels of these these two particular antibiotics caused their hind legs to be paralyzed and dysfunctional, caused heart damage, oh caused death at very low levels. So I'm thinking about when I walk around at county fairs and water parks and I see people that are are not only overweight, but they have like purplish legs, you know, the bot their bot their legs. And they can't walk on them. They're in wheelchairs or little scooters and they have neuropathy and restless leg syndrome. I'm just wondering, and this is just a theory. I'm just a hypo, you know, just a theory. Could these types of antibiotics that cause the hind legs of dogs and horses to be, be dysfunctional and paralyzed, could that be translating into human symptoms such as restless leg syndrome and neuropathy and the swollen legs and the, you know, the problems. I mean, I know it could be other issues as well, other health issues. I just don't know. I don't think anybody has studied this. So that's of great concern. Um, also these antibiotics, you know, they, they're, they're upping the ante all the time on antibiotics because of the amount of bacteria and, you know, in the animals that are confined animal feeding operations, you know, thousands of animals. So they keep changing up the antibiotics and upping the ante on the, on the antibiotics because they're developing resistance. And that's what glyphosate has been proven to do is to develop, to increase antibiotic resistant resistance. And that's very scary when a bacteria can just wipe out, you know, an entire population of chickens or humans because we don't have anything to counteract it. So and glyphosate is an antibiotic. And it's also an antibiotic. Yes. Yeah. Which, which makes sense to developing antibiotic resistance. Like the more that you take antibiotics, the more that those bacteria are going to develop resistance to them. Like, termites that are no longer dying from, you know, termite sprays that we had 10 years ago, they've developed a resistance to them. They've gotten stronger. Mother nature has a way of doing that. 
right? Yeah. Getting stronger. <laughs> so there's so such a ripple effect to all of this. It's just in- incredible. Yeah. And the, the unknown aspect is what's particularly yeah. concerning to me. You know, the, the next one that was really concerning was we found an antiparasitic called narcobazine in a, Chick- a Chick-fil-A sandwich, chicken sandwich, which is also a known aviary contraceptive. Oh and at one God. time it was prohibited from use. I should, I should, I should add in here now it, you know, has since been, uh, you know, allowed for use. Um, I need to update that. Um, so anyway, and, and then, you know, who knows what's happening with a known aviary contraceptive being in our food supply. It doesn't sound like something I want to eat. That's for sure. No, that's not, even oh, if, even if you wanted to have kids. You know, or didn't want to have kids. That just yeah. it doesn't sound like that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, next is a hundred percent of the top twenty food brands. You know, plus one plus the in and out contain glyphosate. Hundred percent of them, Carol. We wow. were hoping for at least you know a couple to not have glyphosate. Now, to be fair, uh, uh, Chipotle had the lowest levels, only about four parts per billion. I was very Yay. glad to see that because they. Uh, they were the first ones to promote non-GMO foods and organic foods, you know, in a fast food restaurant. Uh, and Panera Bread had the highest levels, Carol. And we think it's because of the wheat, the bread. Yep. Subway also had high levels. Pizza, you know, dough the, from the wheat, from the pizza dough, we believe had high levels. And, um, and you know, glyphosate with every meal, 85 million Americans today. No wonder we have a health crisis. Right. Yeah. And 3 million GMO school meals being served a day with these, yeah. with this 76, 6% of the top 20 fast food brands. Um, uh, yes. And plus one contain between one and nine of 27 different harmful pesticides. hundred percent of the top 20 fast food brands um, contained heavy metal cadmium between 74% and 1,158% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. Wow. Cadmium is- Do you have any um, information on what high levels of cadmium can cause in your body? Yes, they're on our website uh, on Moms Across America. I can can pull that up. I have that information. Let's see, we've got the, we've got all these different- uh, articles on our website right now that you can go to and cadmium. Here's the, the brands that were tested oh, wow. or heavy metals. And it says here, cadmium is highly carcinogenic and can cause toxic re- reactions, even at low levels. The highest level was found. I'm so sorry, Carol, in your in and out fries in California Wow, for cadmium in the French fries, because the potatoes are in the ground. They absorb the heavy metals. Uh, Jack in the box French fries had 970% higher levels of cadmium than what the EPA allows in drinking water. And um, 100% of the 42 fast food samples tested had had trace amounts or higher of lead. Um, Low levels of lead in the blood have been shown to negatively affect a child's intelligence, ability to pay attention, their academic achievement. And it was a Sonic cheeseburger that had the highest amounts of lead, 90, 912% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. Yeah, I'm pretty sure lead is a carcinogenic too. Yes, yeah. uh, yes, I, I didn't, I don't have the, I, I mean, it's in the study. I mean, the rest yeah. of the report, if you scroll down, there's, you can see the, the, the effects on human health, you know, abdominal pain and cramping, diarrhea, nausea and vomiting, um, all different kinds of, uh, 
reasons why um, it, oh, and it impacts the kidney when the, the importance of the kidney we put in the report here. Lead can cause damage to the brain and nervous system, slow growth and development, learning and behavioral problems, hearing and speech problems, lower IQ, decreased ability to pay attention, underperformance in school. And this is not from us. This is from the CDC. So, you know, they know that lead is a problem. And doctors, pediatricians, when they see lead levels in children, they are like, oh, no, this is not good. This is going to be difficult to recover this child. Uh, In addition, arsenic was found in 17% of the samples with the highest levels found in Panda Express orange chicken and white rice. Yeah, at 362% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. It should be noted that arsenic has been detected in chicken feed at such high levels that hazmat license can be required to transport the grains, This chick, the chicken feed. Wow. So, Sam, yeah. do you know anything about levels of arsenic in organic rice? Is it considerably lower? Do you know, Do you have any information on that? I would have to get back to you on okay. that. Um, but I know, I do know it has been detected, but, and it has been detected at lower levels. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious about that because I don't want everybody to think every time they eat rice, even if it's organic, that they're going to get high levels of arsenic. But, um, you know, you can do some research on that too. And yeah, well, and, and that's, that's what we're doing. And we, we try to, you know, get this information out to people. I don't remember it all right now, but, um, (laughs) I know there's quite a bit though. Yeah. Thank you. I know that there, you know, there has been testing on it. So, uh, you know, we can, we can refer back and get that information up on, okay. on across America as well. So that was, let's see, our cadmium lead, I mentioned arsenic also a hundred percent of the samples had abysmally low levels of vitamin B vitamin B's are essential for brain function and, uh, low levels of vitamin B deficiencies, have been shown to be connected to criminal and violent behavior. And I'm going to talk wow. more about that in a second. Okay. Um, we are still waiting for, for PFAS and phthalates reports on the testing. Do you want to share what those are? Cause people may not be familiar with that term. Yeah. So PFAS, uh, they are forever chemicals. They call them. I, I, I can't say the full name of the, you know, yeah, long it's a long name, <laughs> but if you watch the movie, dark waters, you will be well-educated um, dark waters with Mark Ruffalo in it. One of my favorite people who has told off Monsanto in person, you know, the CEO of Monsanto. So he's the main actor in <clears throat> very good movie, <clears throat> excuse me. And phthalates are more commonly found in plastics and in packaging. So we made sure that these samples were FedExed in their original packaging. No, no, the, the fast food samples were not touched or handled by the volunteers. They just got them in the original packaging and they sent packaging and all put it in the freezer, you know, and then shipped it to the lab um, because we wanted to make sure that the food was still, you know, in contact with the packaging in order to be tested. So we're still waiting for those results um, and we hope to, to get those out soon. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the school, so the school lunch and fast food nutrient content, we just want to sort of put some context around what's been happening with the food supply. And uh, I wanted to note a published study in August celebration by Linda Grover, who found that in 1948, spinach contained 158 milligrams of iron for each 100 grams. 25 years later, the same quantity of spinach contained less than 2.2 milligrams of iron. And uh, that's significantly lower at present, to obtain the same quantity of iron of 50 years ago, we will have to eat 75 portions. Yeah. 
And due to industrial farming today, today's school lunches and fast food are chronically low in vital minerals essential for bodily organ function. And Dr. Don Huber says that studies have shown that glyphosate residue levels common in soil chelate these minerals to make them less available for plant uptake, as I just mentioned, right? right? And if food suppliers want to increase nutrient density and subsequently crop yield, focusing on eliminating the use of glyphosate and the residues in soil would be essential. Yeah. That is that is a solution right there from a 60-year plant pathologist, okay? Yeah, and I'll never forget when I interviewed uh, Dr. Don Huber. He's Professor Emeritus Plant Pathology, Purdue University. Yep. And I was asking him, he was, um, we were talking about DDT and how it was banned. And I said, um, what do you think about DDT in comparison to glyphosate? And he said, DDT is a pittance toxicity-wise compared to glyphosate, folks. And and, and DDT is already banned. So yeah. he said, DDT makes glyphosate look like mouthwash. Yeah. Yeah, that's how toxic glyphosate is. So that's how important it is to get this information out. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, I, re- I mixed that up. Glyphosate makes you look like mouthwash. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we got yeah, it. I mixed that up. Yeah, so so glyphosate, yeah, it's because it's incredibly harmful um, in many ways. DDT was like, you know, was what was connected to the bald eagle and the egg laying and the toxicity stopped, you know, the endocrine disruption. But glyphosate impacts the harmful impact of other environmental toxins as well, because it breaks down the blood-brain barrier and allows those other toxins in. It's an endocrine disruptor. It's a carcinogenic. It causes liver disease and kidney disease and neurotoxicity effects and nervous system effects. It kills sperm, Carol. It causes the androgenization of baby girls. It increases the anogenital distance and makes them more masculine. It, 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 it's been shown to cause autism symptoms in male rats when the mothers were exposed to glyphosate while they were in utero. I mean, there are, there's 40 different modern diseases connect to, connected to the exposure of glyphosate. And that's why, yeah, Dr. Don Hubert says that glyphosate makes DDT look like a pittance or look like mouthwash because it's, it's so massively impactful. And there's 280 million pounds of it being sprayed per year on our food crops. And and that's an enormous number, enormous. And 20 million pounds sprayed on our parks and playgrounds and sidewalks. And, you know, we are being exposed to it in our communities as well. Our neighbors, you know, using it in their backyards. Hopefully that's not happening so much anymore since we got it banned from Costco or taken off the shelves at Costco. And then Michael Baum and Baum Headline, Maristam Goldman and Wisner, uh, sued Monsanto, then there was a settlement where they would actually um, start removing it from s- store shelves in 2023 this year. So I think they've, some stores have maybe stopped yeah, selling. I see it at Lowe's. I see it at Ace Hardware. You know, yeah. I, I think they're allowed to sell it out, like any stock that they have, they're allowed to continue selling it. But Anyway, whenever um, I go to those stores, I go down that aisle and if there are people there looking at it, I always tell them about don't buy this. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. I do too. I I speak up about that. It's, it's necessary because they just don't know. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. So, so, okay. So I want to get back to the test results. Okay. Vitamin B. Okay. This is a big story. I'm going to tell these this story everywhere I go, hopefully. Vitamin B levels were so low 
in the top 10, we only tested test the top 10 because this testing costs $800 per sample. So uh, the top 10 samples that we tested, uh, vitamin B levels were so low. You can see this 0.02 in uh, the Chick-fil-A sandwiches that a woman, in order to meet the recommended daily intake of 14 milligrams of vitamin B3 per day, would have to eat 333 Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And a man would have to eat 380 Chick-fil-A sandwiches. It's just ridiculous. The, you know, let's see, um, Domino's pepperoni cheese pizza, extra pepperoni. A a man would have to eat 84 of those personal size pizzas. Woman would have to eat 74 of them. Chipotle was the lowest. A woman would have to eat eight um, carnitas bowls with everything. And a man would have to eat nine, nine of them. Wow. But these are not good numbers for getting the recommended daily intake of vitamin B. And I'm going to tell three different stories now, if that's okay, about vitamin B. Okay. And the first one is from uh, this book, Food and Behavior, A Natural Connection by Barbara Reed Stitt. She is a Lifetime Achievement Award winner for having studied food and behavior for over 20 years. And she did year long studies on prison systems and high schools. Okay. And she studied prisoners, high school, sorry, um, criminals, serial killers, parolees, and uh, high school dropouts. And what she found was that they all, the one thing that they all had in common across the board, whether they were rich or poor or, you know, Hispanic or black or Asian or Caucasian or what, whatever race they were, it was not their socioeconomic background. It was not that they lived in poverty that contributed to their criminal behavior. It was the fact that they bragged that they lived on junk food. They were eating processed foods, junk foods, most likely fast foods. That was probably the primary source, um, except for the prisoners, you know, they were given the highly processed junk food. Um, and they bragged that they lived on drug junk food, and that uh, was a major contributing factor to the lack of nutrients in their bodies. They were tested, and they were low in vitamin B3s. And um, and so when she switched out the foods, got rid of the processed junk foods, and gave them whole foods, healthy foods, you know, got rid of the sodas and the processed junk food. Their, the recidivism rate in the prison switched. It went from 70% coming back to the prison, you know, within a year to 70% staying out. Wow. And yes, 70% total switch. And in the high schools, in a high school of 5,000 children, it switched from 500 of them dropping out per year to 14. And a significantly higher number of the high school students went on to college and to graduate from college and to be successful in life. So she noticed a very strong, you know, I guess I would say causation between food and behavior. Yeah. And um, it was backed up by other studies. And there's another study, sorry, I'm not remembering his name right now, but there was a study done in a prison. It was double blind. The prisoners were did not know what they were consuming, but they were given supplements, you know, minerals and, and nutrients. And some were given that and some were not. And the ones that were given the supplements and nutrients had a 37% drop in aggressive behavior. You know, and this, this is marked, right? They, there's reports done of aggressive behavior. And so 37% decline in uh, aggressive behavior with just by having supplements. 
So that's the the first story. The next story is one about the image in the middle with this cute little hamster in a wheat field. This was out of the University of Strasbourg in Germany, studying a decline of the hamster uh, population, which are a prominent food source for wildlife and you know everywhere. And uh, the study was actually done from hamsters in a monocrop cornfield. And this was, these were hamsters taken out of a wheat field just to show a difference between the diversity of diet. But the the ones in the monocrop cornfield, the population was declining and they wanted to know why. And they studied these hamsters and found a very disturbing behavior, Carol. The mother hamsters were cannibalistic. They were eating... Yeah, they were eating their young on the first day of life. And when they studied these cannibalistic mother hamsters, they found that they were completely devoid of guess which vitamin? Vitamin B3. Vitamin B3. And when they administered the vitamin B3 to the hamsters, the violent behavior completely stopped. Wow. Completely stopped. So that has to make somebody wonder, what if we could adverse, you know, what if we could reduce the violent behavior in America by having everybody have access to nutrient dense food or to vitamin B supplements or, you know what, I mean, we prefer the nutrient dense food. That would be be a different world, Zen. That's all there is to it. It would. I mean, and if you look at the numbers of death by assault, we are the most violent country in the world. And we have the worst food. So. And the worst food, the, 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 the poor, so this is what's happening in America. And so I believe personally that rather than, you know, policymakers fighting over gun laws that criminals are not going to follow anyway, they should be spending their time focusing on getting safe, non-toxic, nutrient-dense food to all Americans. We need to have the political will and the courage to say no more to spraying poison on our food, Period. Yeah, and the fact is, it doesn't doesn't need to be done. You've talked to hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds of farmers, but you've talked to hundreds of people about the food supply. I'm sure more than several dozen farmers who know farmers who didn't farm for thousands of years with toxic chemicals. They did not use GMOs. They did not use toxic chemicals. They don't need to be utilized. There's, you know, thousands of regenerative, organic and or regenerative organic farmers in America now that are farming successfully and they can farm without these toxic chemicals. It it must be done. Yeah. On that note, I'd like to plug the movie Common Ground, uh, which Zen has a part in. And I just saw that a couple nights ago. So go to commongroundfilm.org and check out and see if it's playing in a city near you. It is phenomenal and I think it could be life-changing if we shared this everywhere. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you, Carol. Appreciate it. Yes. And the the third image of this uh, Hispanic boy on the end here, I want to mention a story about him and I can, I can stop sharing now. But so, so this, um, so a, a mother, a Moms Across America mother called us and she was, you know, supporter and she had her friend in the room who was Hispanic and there was a language barrier. So she was, you know, translating for her, but she said, my friend wanted Maria really wants me to call you and tell you to please keep doing what you're doing. You know, tell the, your board, tell your team, everybody keep doing what you're doing because there was just another school shooting, which was tragic and heartbreaking. I think it was the one in Florida and the mother, um, this mother wanted me to know that we need to keep doing what we're doing because 
Her son, when he was nine years old, had a mental health issue and she told the school and they ignored her. And then one day they called her and said, you need to come get your son and pick him up because he just threatened to blow up the school with a bomb. Wow. And uh, she said, well, I told you he has mental health issues. I need help for him. And they said, okay, we'll send him to a psychiatrist. So they sent him to a psychiatrist. The, the psychiatrist assessed him and then told the mother when, when she called him in afterwards, um, you know, you, here's the, here's the antidepressant or the SSRI for your son. And she said, that's it. You know, isn't there anything else we can do? What about the side effects? You know, you know, isn't, does it have to be this? And, and the psychiatrist said, well, it's either this, or you look at what you're feeding your child. And she said, what do you mean? She said, what are you feeding your child? She said, well, tacos, hot dogs, pizza, French fries, quesadillas, you know, whatever, whatever I can get into him. He's a very picky eater. And she said, well, have you thought about the toxins in the food supply, the pesticides, the food dyes, the additives, the preservatives, the GMOs, the, you know, what's in the food? And she said, no. And she said, well, you can either feed your child organic or you can give them this medication. Wow. So single mom, uh, amazing psychiatrist, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need I still, more, I need to find yeah. out who that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. So, um, yeah, so she, so single mom of four kids, low income found a way to feed this child organic food, hundred percent organic, you know, organic rice and beans could be a dollar 65 a serving, right? It's, it's definitely can be actually cheaper than, yeah. than other foods. So, um, she fed this child organic foods. And within two weeks, the school teacher called her and said, we don't know what you're doing, but this keep doing it. This is a completely new human being. Wow. And she was calling me that day, the day after another school shooting, because she said, my son is now 17. This was at the time. And I know that he could have been one of those kids that went to Walmart and bought a gun and was a shooter at his school. I mean, that's a very hard thing for a mother to say. Yeah. to admit that, that her son could be a killer, yeah. but she said, he's not doing that. And he won't do that because he's eating organic food now and he's happy and healthy and balanced. And he's a contribution. He's actually working on community gardens and schools and he's responsible and that's not going to happen. And I said, you gave your child a new future because Absolutely. you found out about these pesticides and had the commitment to feed him organic. And I would suggest that the everybody in that entire school, thousands of people have a new future because wow. you did that because they they didn't get shot at. They're not traumatized. Their family and friends aren't, you know, grieving their losses. So, you know, and even one could assert that the entire country has a new future because this child is living up to his potential. Who knows what service he will invent or product he will produce or how many pe people's lives he will touch with these community gardens and his mission in life. You know, think about the inventors of Facebook or Google or something, iPods, you know, things that you use, you know, things that, that yeah. have altered yeah. your life that, that, that happened because those people that were working on them were, were able to uh, live to their fullest potential and to accomplish yeah. what their, their dreams. And so that's what we are talking about in America now is actually not just cleaning up the food supply because we want people to be healthier. We want to create a new future for our country and all Americans. Uh, we want to transition from conventional agriculture farming. You can see this dead, dry soil that, um, you know, is monoculture and switch to regenerative organic agriculture. 
um, which does not have tilling and works in favor of nature and supports diversity and wildlife and pollinators and uh, and increases carbon content in the soil, draws down carbon. I need to point out that this image says regenerative agriculture that's actually being promoted by Monsanto now, the words regenerative agriculture. So we need to make sure that it says regenerative organic agriculture. And uh, that's- They're using that as a marketing tool. We know it. <laughs> yes, yes. So, it, and because they could say regenerative agriculture, no-till, but still promote the spraying of chemicals. So we want to make it very clear that regenerative organic agriculture does uh, not promote the use of toxic chemicals, right? And, right. and so that's important. So yeah. that's what we want to do. And you mentioned the movie Common Ground, and I want to add in that Gabe Brown, the farmer there, that's uh, considered you know the star of the show. There's many wonderful farmers in the movie, but um, this particular farmer, Gabe Brown, was asked after the movie screening, what's the first thing that we should do? And and what Gabe Brown said was get non-toxic nutrient-dense food in the schools. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and he knows about Moms Across America's findings, so we're very grateful for that. And um, that he's he's our one of our champions and advocates now for, for yeah. school lunches. I, can- I interviewed him on Food Integrity Now, too, about two, three years ago, and he really knows what he's talking about. And he did transition from you know, working with big ag and doing the chemical farming to an organic regenerative farmer and he makes more money and it, there's just so many reasons to do it. Oh, it's so clear in the movie, isn't it? It's so yeah, clear. It's, that so this clear. Is solution. it's so wonderful to have solutions. You know, we've been yeah. doing this for almost, I've been doing this for almost 12 years now. You've been doing it for even longer than I have. Yeah. And for a long time we were struggling because we we're like, just stop using Roundup. But yeah. We didn't really have an alternative to Roundup. Now there is. There's contact organics. There's multiple different mixtures that people can use if they need to spray to to have a spray that's non-toxic and supports the soil uh, health. And yeah. there's many different methods like cover cropping and mulching and weed pulling and, you know, steam and electricity and fire. I mean, there's many alternatives now. And you have a lot of those solutions on your website, don't you, Zen? Yes, on momsacrossamerica.org. Um, under, I, I can pull it up in a second, uh, under action and solutions, uh, um, toxin-free town campaign. We have a 10 alternatives to um, 10 alternatives to Roundup document that has been downloaded over a hundred thousand times, Carol. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's so amazing. exciting. You can see it right here, 10 alternatives yeah. to Roundup. And we just did a one pager. So you can very easily, you know, give this to your um, to your school, your schools, your homeowners association. And you then know. is that pr- printable? So they could just print yes. that out. Yep. You can print okay, that out. Folks, yeah. You know, do that. Carry it in your car, hand it, yeah. out, hand it out to people. I live in a uh, agriculture, heavy agricultural farming area, not like central Valley or anything, but I've noticed some of my neighbors, we have big, big properties here and their workers are, got the roundup on their back. And I always, I hand them out the pamphlet that Moms Cross America created. And we get, we got to let folks know, not everybody listens to podcasts and. It can be done. And I just want to mention one more thing about this last slide. So that the, this French, this food uh, from France, it's a school lunch, whole foods. You see that? Not a single fried breaded, disgusting looking thing on this plate. Everything is whole foods. 
And there's a beautiful movie called the French organic food revolution. Um, I think actually I have the screen right here. Yeah. Food. It was originally called food beware. And, um, it, it is a, it's a beautiful film about uh, a little town in Barjac, a village in France where the town's mayor decided to make the school's lunch menu organic and locally grown. And he did that because the local um, orchards were spraying pesticides, which were contributing to the children's cancer. And so what he did was, is he took the money that the, that the town was normally giving to these farms that they used to buy the chemicals, to spray the chemicals, and they gave it to the schools instead. And they said, use this money to buy organic food. So then the schools went to the farmers and said, well, buy your food only if it's organically grown. And so they created a market and the schools were able to, you know, eventually have organic uh, fruits and vegetables and the farmers were able to have a market for their organic food. So that's what needs to be done in America. And I, I am happy that the USDA, we went to a USDA meeting after this congressional briefing did announce the day before our meeting with them, which I I, I can't believe is a complete coincidence, nope. but uh, they they uh, did announce that more than $60 million in school meals uh, in la- launched in a partnership to get local food to schools has been created. So schools can now get access to local food. They can get funding for local food. And uh, we're very happy that this administration did do this. However... There's one problem, Carol. It does not say local organic food. <laughs> exactly. They say USDA farm to school grants, but there's not a single word in here. It says farm fresh local foods, right? It has, does not say anything about organic or even organically grown or non-toxic. It says nothing about that. Um, so we're very concerned about that. They could absolutely have required that. They could set those parameters and require that. So I, I think we need to have more communication, more, you know, citizen consumer pressure on our regulatory agencies to require that. Because when I ask them, well, you can, so you can set requirements for the amount of sugar and sodium in the school lunches, right? And they said, yes. And I said, can you not set a requirement for the residue levels of pesticides in the school lunches? They said, no, it's not our jurisdiction. That's the Dietary Guidelines Association and the FDA. Now, the FDA will say, oh, that's the EPA. And the EPA will say, oh, it's Congress. They already told us that. I went to the EPA four times. Yeah. Passing the buck. Passing the buck to somebody else. Yeah. So, um, and then as we were doing this research, we found um, something else that was kind of disturbing, Carol. It needs to be looked into a little more. I actually haven't watched this video yet, but I just want to beg to question, why is the U.S. Department of Defense backing a fresh fruit and vegetable program to schools. Why why is the DOD involved in this? Hmm. I don't know. Just need to look a little bit more into that. Could Could be because the U.S. military generals have stated that the school lunches are a national homeland security issue because 25% of the kids who apply to be in the military cannot get accepted by the military because they're too obese or they have too many mental health issues. So they could actually be looking, yeah, they could be looking at school lunches as a, like a department of defense investment (laughs) to, to raise military, military ready human beings, you know, for our military. Wow. That's Uh, crazy. Yeah. That's the possibility. So that's the, 
overall gist of the congressional briefing that we presented the 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 school lunch testing results the fast food test results and the the meeting with the USDA um fantastic work yeah. and folks if this is not a wake up call i don't know what is i was just sitting here thinking this may be the most important interview i've ever done oh carol because you know, I'm getting tears in my eyes right now. We've got to do something. Yeah. And it's going to take mm-hmm. all of us. But it just starts with your family. Stop buying the poison food. Yeah. And yeah. start feeding your children as much as possible organic, organic fruits and vegetables for sure. Because there's very high level of pesticides on orga- uh, non-organic uh, fruits and vegetables. So if you just yeah. start there, you're going to eliminate a large portion of their pesticide and herbicide load. And also, it's going to have a great effect on the behavior of your kids. If your kids are acting out and stuff, experiment with it. Try to feed them organic for two a weeks. couple of months. Just do two weeks. Even just start with two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And, and to your point of the high levels of pesticides and vegetables on non-organic fruits and vegetables, Heartland Health Research Alliance actually proved that they showed that if a person only switched out their vegetables, you know, so we're not talking about the grains right now in glyphosate, we're talking about pesticides. Um, If somebody only switched out their fruits and vegetables to organic, like, you know, not the dairy and not the meat and not the grains for right now, just the fruits and vegetables, they would eliminate 98% of the consumption of pesticides, harmful pesticides. And we found this in the testing of the fast foods, the Pizza Hut samples. We got two different types of pizza. One was cheese and pepperoni and one was cheese with vegetables, topped vegetable top pizza. The one with the vegetables had 21 parts per billion of different pesticides. The one wow. with the cheese and pepperoni did not. They had no detectable levels of pesticides. Now they both had glyphosate yeah. because of the wheat, right? Yeah. But they, but the pesticides were coming from the vegetables. Wow. And they, we saw the same thing with the, the fruit in the school lunches. So, you know, it's a very unpopular thing to get up in front of. I, I was at a, um, a mom's rising convention years ago when Michelle Obama was trying to get more fruits and vegetables into the school lunches. And I stood up and I said, I love the idea of more fruits and vegetables in school lunches, but if they're not organic, we're actually going to be introducing more pesticides. <laughs> into the foods than, than not. And we need to add that word organic in. And I got a lot of resistance um, from the powers that be at that time, because they're like, look, we're just trying to keep Twinkies out of school lunches. You know, we need, we just need to get, you know, fruits and vegetables, but really it has this whole concept of we have to feed the world, number one, and we have to eat more fruits and vegetables. Number two has to stop Unless it's organic, we have to focus on the fact that we're not just feeding the world, we're poisoning the world right now. That's the reality. Yeah. We're poisoning yeah. the world with monoclonal GMO agrochemical farming. We need to stop poisoning the world and we need to actually focus on providing safe, non-toxic, nutrient-dense food, period. That's it. Yeah. So uh, an action plan should be, please share this interview with everybody you know you may assume you may already know this but there's so many that don't and i believe that you know for the most part if moms and dads knew what was really in the food they'd make a different choice so 
Yeah. Be the one. And you, and you can. And, you know, saying that, oh, my kid will only eat chicken nuggets. It's, I'm sorry, folks. We've got to be more responsible than that. We've got to be, have more courage than that. We have yes. to stop buying those chicken nuggets. We have to start making organic, you know, chicken nuggets ourselves. Um, you can buy them too. There are out there. I know they're more expensive, but we've got to transition to whole foods, right. local foods, organic foods. And, um, and you can do that. It's just, it just takes some willpower and your kids will get used yeah. to it. They will not starve and die. They will eventually eat the food that you provide. Yeah, they will. They will. It may <laughs> take a little time, but yeah. um, we can do this folks. I mean, I'm very hopeful that yeah. and, more yeah, and Dr. We get out about how bad it is. Then we can start making different choices. Yeah. And John Fagan on the lab at the Congressional Beef and showed that from his own testing of himself, when he ate oats, Quaker oats that have, you know, spray for glyphosate, he had high levels of glyphosate in his urine. When he switched to organic oats, it went down. And then when he ate some pizza somewhere that had some glyphosate contamination, his levels went back up again, but it was only for a day or two. So within days, if you stop eating this food, your levels of, of these pesticides and glyphosate in your body will decrease. Your body will start to be able to heal. Your children, first of all, will start sleeping better and their behavior will increase and improve and your um, your mood will improve and your skin will start to look better. Like you will just in general be healthier when you're not um, inundating your body with toxic chemicals. So you can do it. Please go to momsacrossamerica.org, support our testing um, get my book, Unstoppable. It's available uh, on Amazon. And thank you, Carol. And uh, join our newsletter. Please join our newsletter and share our me- our, our social media content. It's, we are being heavily shadow banned and the information that we're providing needs to get out to the public. So please comment and share on social media. We're on Rumble, on TikTok, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and probably a few other Telegram, you know, other places that I haven't mentioned. So please do follow us and and share the content and the information. Okay. Thank you, Zen, so much. This has been such fantastic information. I mean, fantastic. Maybe that's not the great word. (laughs) Important. You know, important. Important. Well, it's fantastic because now we know. Yeah. Yeah, now we know. So thanks to our listeners. Again, please share this. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.